Loyal fans. Hello. And those who have betrayed us. (laughs) Traitors and fans alike. You know, we try to practice forgiveness here on Free Advice. Yeah. Just because you turned your back on us doesn't mean when you turn back around, we won't be there with open arms, ready to re-embrace you. That's exactly right. We are ready. We have comfortable mittens on and other huggable, snuggleable items. Yeah, we got plush scarves. Plush scarves. Peshmi, peshmini. Peshminis. Peshmini is the Peshminis plural and paninis. <laughs> That's like one of those sorority mixers. Yeah, let's do a Peshminis and Paninis night. <laughs> those things sound enough alike that we could totally justify a night of, of dates for that. Hose and scarves. <laughs> Hose and scarves. Hats and hoes. So Wayne Manor, my selective living group in college, yeah. for those of you not familiar, I always joked about having a mixer that was a parody, like everything. It was a fucking joke. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Called Dinosaurs and Sluts. <laughs> <laughs> Guys dressed up as dinosaurs, girls dressed up as sluts. <laughs> that was the theme. Well, because it's always like jungle hoes and, and whatever. And country club bros or something. Yeah. Like, boys dress fancy and cool and women show their tits. <laughs> That's the theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right, so, yeah. so you guys are so woke. You're just like making We're so fun woke. But I mean, yeah, hiding in comedy has its own pitfalls. For sure. But it is a useful tool. Like anything, it can be abused. Yes. Look at us. I think that right now we're getting serious after a moment of joking in a way that's showing how mature we are. How are we getting serious? Well, because we're talking about the limitations of comedy instead of making... This isn't very funny right now. You know, I'm not laughing. No, there is no laughter in this moment. You better have been laughing a minute ago, but if you're laughing right now... You're misreading the you're tone. You're fake laughing. You're someone who <laughs> thinks, oh, this is all funny, so haha, everything they say when there's a break, we have no. to laugh. You're one of those fuckers that isn't really following your internal compass on what's funny. And Here's whenever you, oh, uh, I hate it when somebody's, when you notice somebody is just like laughing after everything you say and you're like, oh, that, there was nothing funny about the yes, last man. thing. I, I yeah. see. Like, okay. Oh, this person likes it when I laugh. So I'm going to laugh after everything. Like, Let's oh, administer a test. <laughs> yeah. Rab and I are going to be silent for 15 seconds and okay. you're going to notice what kind of response you have in this awkward moment. Ready? Woo, Nelly. That was a tight 15. Wow. What do you guys think? What happened there? Uh, Did I you was think we were gone? I was a little <laughs> yeah. uncomfortable, too, because we were counting like different paces. Yeah. When I was um, <laughs> in radio school, my professor, Charlemagne the God, was like, you can never have dead air. If you got dead air, they're not going to be listening. <laughs> Did I? Sorry. Did I say Charlemagne the God? I meant Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> Clearly, that's who that professor was. <laughs> I don't know what in the living hell you you're talking about. either of those people? So first, we're going to blind you with silence. <laughs> then we're going to disorient the shit out of you with weird references. <laughs> Yeah, Morgan gave me some coffee. (laughs) I'm very sensitive to coffee. Do not give me coffee on the way to the airport. I will have to shit and I will miss the plane. (laughs) (laughs) So what came up for you guys Uh, in that 15 seconds? Were you nervous? Did you want to giggle? Did you want to turn us off? Maybe you looked at your phone. Oh, that glow of the phone. Was there a red dot with a number in it on one of those apps? Oh, did you have a notification? <gasps> did some? Did you have a little present to unwrap of a text message from somebody you like? I, I find those red dots 
less of a present and more of a like, oh, fuck, some shit mm. I got to deal with. Really? Yeah, it's, it's a chore. Interesting. So, so for some apps, I turn that off yeah. so I don't have to see it. Good. Um, People who have all the default settings on their phone and have never customized their notifications or like haven't turned on, uh, have not turned off the fucking keyboard click sound. Oh, I'm like, dear. you shouldn't be allowed to, there should be a license test and you should not be allowed to drive a phone. You should, <laughs> you should have to give that what back. What do you think it says? You, the main thing that they teach you in this class and this learner's permit is how to turn off that clicking keyboard sound. What does it say about a person? Yeah. That they don't care to learn how to um, use things in a way that is conducive Best, best suited for them and the people around them. What they're if, just plugged into the system and they just accept things as they are and they're not trying to change the world at all. Okay. <laughs> these, these fuckers, Seems like a leap. They're losers. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I mean to say. If your phone makes a sound when you tap it with your thumb, you're a loser. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's one viewpoint. Um, but what if they're the best path that they've chosen is to focus their efforts on things that are more important to them than what sounds their phone makes? Name one thing that could possibly be more important than that. Air. Okay. If it's a person who is scuba diving and they have run out of air uh -huh. and they're texting the me, please come down with more air and their phone makes a fucking click noise, I'll see you in the afterlife. <laughs> Do you arrive assuming that it doesn't and then you see that it does and then you, you leave with the air supply? Yeah, I think I bring yeah. the air down. I mean, it depends yep. on how, how loud their volume is. But sure. I think I bring the air down there. Yep. And if they're still texting and I hear that, tick, 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 <laughs> I fucking take a big breath for myself, blow a bunch of bubbles in their face and go back to the surface and take the boat somewhere else. And then, you know, post a service about how tragic it was that we lost them. And <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> yeah. Make my Facebook status kind of their death announcement, collect a bunch of likes and karma, boost my clout. Yeah, it'll yeah. be nice. <laughs> um, what I want to know about and if you're one of these people, please write to us. Mm -hmm. What is the pro of deciding actively to leave your keyboard clicks on? Nobody does that. Somebody must. Somebody did that? Uh, there must be. That somebody is out there doing everything with the, this level of intentionality. Okay. These are people that we call griefers in the online uh -huh. gaming community. Okay. For instance, in a game like World of Warcraft, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there are certain players who exist who get on to ruin another person's fun. And they will repeatedly kill a player and sit on their body just to, like, make sure that that person can't enjoy the game at that moment. Fuck. Um, no, there's some... Do you have any theories on why a person might behave in a way like that? They have not arrived at a mission that feels more important and more centric to them. And why is this mission even a default or one that they would lean on in the first place? Why does this Oh, anti-someone else versus pro yourself? Yeah, instead of just doing nothing. Or like, why oh. would a person go out of their way to ruin another person's fun time? It's kind of an act of terrorism in a minor yeah. level. Yeah. Um, perhaps disavowed anger or frustration or some kind of negative emotion that's under there casting a shadow on what yeah. otherwise might be a fun time for all. Just a guess. Yeah. I you think, think this... <laughs> I think that's right. Um, you think this applies my, to the keyboard people? Yeah. I think the, the, the exact clickers. same population. And uh, <laughs> I think that um, they're suffering and they want company. And they don't wow. have a better way to ask for it. Or they haven't learned wow. that there's something else they can do to ask for that company. We should do a study. Oh, we are currently 
We are currently Apple looking for keyboard clickers. Who... None of those fuckers would ever be able to tolerate the wokeness of our podcast and the brilliance and the insight. If you're somebody who has your keyboard click sound turned on, you're not listening to this. I don't know. You were repelled the moment that we opened our <laughs> enlightened ass mouths. <laughs> ass mouths. <laughs> right? Nice humble brag. Thanks. Yeah, we enlightened. What else? <laughs> um, Morgan's fucking brilliant over there. She's saving aww. lives and turning them around and helping people like get their shit together. Thanks, oh, honey. Oh, God. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. <sighs> that was a reference to the last episode where we talked about a strategy for relating to people that's positive and mm. not necessarily um, like you know, being racist, <laughs> casually <laughs> right. racist. If you can believe it or not, there are yeah. means of doing that. that aren't yeah. That's just one example. I don't know. I'm sure there's some way that me going, Ooh, could be construed as racist. Maybe that's a black thing that I've co-opted and maybe, um, what's the word for that? Appropriation. Yeah. I've Cultural appro- appropriation. Yeah. Maybe I've culturally yeah. appropriated a woo sound, an woo sound. Uh-huh. Okay. Write us with all your complaints. We are open. We have open arms, as we said. Mittens, scarves, yeah. ready to snuggle all of the people that have problems mm-hmm. with us. We want to snuggle you. We want to hear your opinion. And we want to have a dialogue that makes us both better for having had it. Yeah, there's a reason that we named this podcast the Snuggle Cast <laughs> <laughs> initially. And still on some services. If you're listening on Stitcher, this is listed as the Snuggle Cast. I think our fans can attest. <laughs> Okay. Um, before we get to the lightning round, I want to ask you if you have any requests for advice to come from me. Is there anything that you need help with, Morgan? I do. Yeah, actually. what's that? I'm having a live problem right now. Oh, I mean, it shit. can be. It could be solved in the next hour. Okay. Who knows? What is it? It's another texting dilemma All or right. like relational dilemma, yeah. which I seem to always be in a pickle with. Okay. Um, this is someone who I've showed the podcast to. And you don't like pickles? No, I don't like pickles. Yeah. I don't like foods that are like excessively salty. Okay. I just have sort of a low to- low threshold for like salt. I'm willing to taste. Interesting. And how do you feel about sweating? I don't actually sweat that much. Perhaps there's a relationship. Go on about your pickle. Perhaps. Anyway. Is it purple and can Here's I the see deal. it in the breeze? <laughs> Go ahead. Um, yeah. What's the deal? So, that was a good one. I wish I had Thank you. It's okay, honey. Do you want to recreate that no, moment? No, it's okay. all good. Give me your problem. Someone was listening to me over you because they like me a little more than you and they got to appreciate it. Doubtful. <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out to my fans. <laughs> no, nah, Team Rob over here. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> We're in the house. <laughs> um, the Legion. <okay>. So... <laughs> All right, so I've got this guy who I have been on, like, a few dates with. Okay. I like him a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And currently, we so we were supposed to hang out potentially last night. Okay. Texted him, tried to call him, have not heard from him Mm. since. Um, And one thing about this is that he has my credit card right now because mm. I left it in his car. Okay. <laughs> he also has my guitar. All right. Not that's less important. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I also don't think he's the type of person that would be like, I don't like this person anymore, so therefore she can't have any of her things back. <laughs> right. Um, Good. But I am just a little like mystified by the lack of communication. 
I texted him again today being like, hey, I'm not sure what's going, what happened last night. Like, can I grab my credit card from you at some point? Yeah, and then get the guitar while you're there. <laughs> well, I, I don't you know. Once you set it up, you, you were just asking for one thing. Well, I get it. I don't know. I mean. Are you willing to make a trade of if he I, gives you the credit card back? <laughs> he can keep the guitar at this point. <laughs> Well, no, it's a great accent on my wall. I'd really like the guitar back. Sure. I'd really like both my belongings. Win, win, win for me would be getting my guitar, getting the credit card, and continuing to hang out with him. Because I like him a lot. I think he's great. However. And not learning that he's a thief who was in this (laughs) to rob you of those two items specifically and and just totally pulled the wool over your eyes. (sighs) Yeah, Yeah. I hope hope not to be wooled. Yeah. Um, Fooled and wooled Mm. is what I always say. Um, Yeah, so... I am at the point where clearly the ball is in his court to respond to me. Mm. I, part of me also is like, did some shit go? Is he alive? Is he all right? There's always yeah, that. There's always that. Um, mm. We've had a couple of instances where I've expected to hear from him. And then much later he would be like, oh, I'm so sorry that it, you didn't hear from me. This okay. thing came up and they've been like major things and perfectly valid excuses. And so I've kind of written off the narrative that, okay, this is someone who's unreliable. That's not mm. going to get back to me. But on the other hand, this has now happened like a couple times, and I find this last particular one, again, barring some kind of weird emergency, to be a little bit hinging on unacceptable. Um, I mean, for me, yeah, for it, me, sure. just in terms of how I sense. prefer to relate to someone. And your credit I like card to is be, an important piece. Yeah. Of, it, it's urgent that you get that back. Yeah. Um, and it's more just like I consider it a respect thing of like, I know that you haven't been away from your phone for like 24 hours. Or if you have, like, you should warn me. Like, I'm totally cool with it. But, like, if we're expecting to hang out and I just don't hear from you. Yes. If you have pre-existing plans. Yeah. Even if they're, like, sort of penciled in. Yeah. And, like, flippity-floppity. In your mind, Mm -hmm. what is the most likely explanation for him not responding? (sighs) Okay. So, here's my issue. My mind is always dead split between here's some perfectly reasonable, logical thing. And I can take what people say at face value. Uh, so that's on the one side. And then the other side is always, I think that they're perhaps unconsciously emotionally responding to something else. Mm -hmm. And in this case, the something else is, I feel that I've noticed a tonal shift since I've talked to him about being polyamorous and maintaining multiple relationships. Yes. Um, he's stated that he is okay with it. It doesn't affect him and he doesn't want me to think that any change in him is related to that or that he has any fears about that. However, it also aligns with potentially a shift in interest or uh, frequency of contact. Yeah. Um, again, that, this could be my perception because it's also sort of like post burning pre and post burning man. It is your perception. and It could align with reality or not. Totally. How does it feel to be perceiving that? Um, this is something that I've encountered before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on the one hand, it's sort of expected normal familiar, but on the other hand, it sucks. Um, because I have, even though we haven't seen each other that much, I've come to really enjoy the role that this person has played for me. Um, I enjoy our time together. It feels easy it feels fun i feel there's mutual interest um and would like to continue to grow and deepen the relationship Mm -hmm. um and again as i said i mean this could 
this could be something where he responds to me tonight and it completely blows over and is fine. Right. However, this is also a pattern yeah. I see in, in just relationships. Him or in multiple people? Yeah, multiple people. Okay. I see this pattern frequently, whether it's the introduction of the poly thing or not. What's another thing that might have caused that in other relationships if, if that doesn't derail um, this train of thought? I think it's, I mean, that adds, um, that adds weight to the argument that it's in my head that I get to this certain point with someone where maybe they don't feel like they need to constantly respond to me where I'm still yeah. looking for that validation of okay. mutual interest. And there's just a sort of a f difference in phase and expectations there. Um, yeah, I mean, it could also be like he has other priorities right now that he recognizes on a deeper level that what I'm offering is not what he was looking for. Mm -hmm. um, th there's a world of possibility. And if that were the case, I assume you would want him to tell you that directly. Of instead course. Of not responding. Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, but you also recognize that that's hard for a person to figure out and express to another. Yes. Person. Like he might not even know if exactly. that's really yeah. what's going on and it may not be, and it mm -hmm. may be. Um, and so I always get into these pickles and it's hard to know how far to chase the thing. Like mm -hmm. the, the, the complicating factor is that he has these possessions of mine. Yes. So it's like, I feel it like I'm a lot easier excuse. if you just had all yes. your own shit right now and, you and I could just ignore not, it. We're disentangled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then there's also that part of me that's like bummed. Yeah, sure. Which I think is, I'm proud of myself for like, saying stating live and being like hey other people have the power to hurt me because i look to them for yep. intimacy and affection and attention mm -hmm. and this is someone who i very much want those things from i think this is an important moment to examine i mean you have had them before mm -hmm. it's not like i'm telling you this is the first time you're experiencing this but <laughs> right. for a person to examine how does it feel to be bummed in this moment is it acceptable I'm actually super proud of myself for like framing it this way. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that I too, I very often am like the cool girl role where I'm yeah. like, okay, you can do whatever him and it. And I come into the situation being like, I've got, you know, eight other boyfriends who I gives a shit. Care. I don't yeah. care. But Anyone. no, I don't. I mean, I do. And I think that it's harder to be honest that that's the case. I mean, when I'm, yeah. when I'm with him, I've told him, you know, I like you and I like what our vibe is and our relationship is something that I want to further regardless of what other relationships I have. And mm -hmm. you knowing me understand that I am pretty intense and I think I require a lot of like attention or, you know, understanding or sort of maybe a more complicated way of relating than someone else. And so yeah. I like to split that amongst multiple people <laughs> because sure, yeah. one person pretty much can't do it. Right. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't tolerate myself yeah, for 24 hours a day. You need a boyfriends <laughs> <laughs> tag yeah. each other out and share notes and compare. Yeah. All right, guys, what's our strategy? Just <laughs> freaking yeah. out today. And I think you're on that team. <laughs> Thanks. Because. <laughs> yeah, I feel a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, like to, I'd like to run some more meetings with the other guys to get us all on the same page. I'm so counting not, on it. We're not having redundancies in our efforts to, <laughs> to help you. But uh, Thank yeah, you. everybody's got like a love support team. Um, yeah. I can really, I'm glad that you're feeling pride yeah. about admitting that you're bummed. It's that's like a yeah. second or third tertiary emotion almost. It feels like you're pride about bummed about. Um, <laughs> I'm not often proud and bummed <laughs> right. at the same time. No, that's a cool mix though. Yeah. Um, I can totally relate. I think to when you broke up with me, I 
admitted that I was bummed and that yeah. just like took some work for me to do. I, again, felt like yeah. oh, I'm the cool guy who's not too attached to a particular outcome. And I was coming at yeah. you with that energy of like, hey, it's totally fine if we're just friends. I'm not that attached to us being boyfriend, girlfriend yeah. or anything like yeah. that. And then when after like a week or so, you're like, nah, not working. I was like, <laughs> all right, I got it. Yeah. I got to be like expressive now as a friend that I'm bummed and yeah. I need to share that and own that and be okay with that rather than if I'm trying to repress that passive aggressive shit. And like, so I think it's cool that that's the cost of love. That's the thing that, or, or of seeking connections um, with other people. And if, if you're afraid to even experience the, the bummed nature mm -hmm. when a person doesn't respond to you in mm -hmm. the way that you want or in the, the uh, timeline that you want, then every connection I think is going to look scary. Um, mm -hmm. So right now in accepting this moment and sharing it with a trusted friend and like working through it, I think you're preparing yourself to connect more with other people and not let this wound you and not let mm. this be like a thing that is a sticking point where the next cute guy you're not reminded of like, or, you, you know, whatever you like about this guy, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, who, someone will remind you of something that he did in the oh, future. Yeah. And in that moment, if you haven't processed this feeling, it may just feel like, oh, that's a threatening person. That reminds me of the time that I lost my guitar and credit card. Uh, I'm going to avoid this situation. You know, maybe even I'm unconsciously. I'm to get those back. And you will. I, I believe that you if will. If you're listening, I know you have them. <laughs> but it will remind you of the moment. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and we know you're listening. And we do have a triangulation device. We are working with local law enforcement and the internet. And we're going to come down on you so hard you're not going to know what hit you. Okay. Um, <laughs> you will get your guitar and your credit card back. But it will remind you maybe of the moment that you were without them. And they're like, oh, I feel hung out to dry or whatever it is, mm -hmm. you know, I can't express myself. Yeah. I can't uh, sing myself to sleep with <laughs> strumming the strings tonight, <laughs> whatever you do with your or more likely just like have it on the wall and think it looks cute. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, or make um, purchases with my credit card. Yeah, make more purchases with your guitar. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Let's barter. I need milk. You need a song. Let's go for it. Come on, Ralphs. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So thank you. So for, what the fuck is the next oh, is message? Advice? No, the real advice I need is like, what do I <laughs> Didn't say I now? Know that? What do you say now? No, you, you got, we got care of me emotionally. I don't think there's anything else you can say. So I, think I just if, let if it. If you've sent several text messages and tried calling, it's possible that the phone is broken. And that's always a, a one explanation that people don't consider. So if you can try and contact him via another means, email or something that he can get on a computer, uh, Facebook, whatever dating app you guys probably met on or something, you know, try that. If it's computer based, I, it's, most dating apps are on the phone now, right? Yeah. So, um, sorry, it's just been so long for me. Um, <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah, try and contact him by another means in case it's the phone that's the issue. That's the only other thing that I can recommend to do now. And then it's patience and it's kind of in God's hands. You can pray. And you can talk to Dear me about God, it. Dear God, please return my items to yeah. me. Do you want to draft a prayer with me and I can give you some feedback before you send it upstairs? Um. <laughs> I, used to, I used to really picture a prayer like that. Like there yeah. were words floating up to heaven and Aww. I would imagine fucking shit going up there. I was like, oh, no, God, can't Grab send. Grab them back. Pull can't them send back. God fucker shit. Like, I don't want those to reach him. <laughs> yeah. But I, there were a lot of fucks and shits going up there. Bubbling I up. think God has heard it all. Probably. Yeah. I assume he's very prude, though, and does not tolerate curse words. That's the God I knew <laughs> as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know? We did have a conversation about this recently. I'm ready to segue on okay. into other things. Yeah, um, cool. About changing our notion of faith, religion, and spirituality oh, yeah, yeah. 
to be more in alignment with how we want to use it to help us in our lives, uh, especially coming from a sort of left liberal um, standpoint where, you know, the organized religion is sort of something more commonly associated with the other side yes. of the spectrum. Um, but not completely throwing the baby out with the bathwater right. in terms of the things that we learned from a very strict organized religion, religion perspective as kids and are trying, we've overreacted against those and are now trying to be like, how do I develop a positive relationship with faith that helps me to just believe in myself yes. day to day? Is there any utility in faith? Yeah. Both of us have gone through a phase where we're like, no, fuck faith. That's a dumb thing that dumb people <laughs> Faith do. is for dumb people. <laughs> yeah. Bunch of That's dummies in church true. on their knees being dumb. Um, <laughs> Those people are happy and dumb. <laughs> right, and we right. could learn something from that. And I would rather be miserable and right. <laughs> yeah. No, not anymore. I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can be happy and right. Uh, it's <laughs> but not if you're too attached to being right to be happy. <laughs> yes, for sure. exactly, exactly. Okay. I'm about to make an analogy. Can't wait. That is going to be very good. Dump it on us. It just landed on me. Our reaction to religion is analogous to a person who was molested as a child and decided that sex was bad and evil and not worth participating in. Mm. maybe they were molested by a priest to kind of cross the wires <laughs> just to really hammer to it home to make it obvious how <laughs> these these things are related yeah um, something forced on you in faith, a way that you don't like yes and in a means it doesn't feel good and it, yeah um faith like sex is a powerful thing that can be beautiful can be very destructive as yeah. well and yeah. uh, it depends on how it's used, what's the context, what what's it being, what's the ultimate goal of it. And um, yeah, I think I went through an abstinent phase where I was like, yeah. faith is, is I was uh, spiritually prude, you might say, <laughs> because I had had a bad yeah. early experience with, yeah. not even from my own family, they weren't really forcing religion on me, but I, I got mm. it still through the culture and I got it through my friends who sure. grew up with that, that I was like, Ugh, they're telling you you're going to hell if you masturbate. Or you're going to hell if you have sex before marriage. Like, well, I knew inst instinctually or from talking to somebody else, like that that was wrong and that yeah. was a terrible thing to tell a person that was clearly designed to control them and manipulate them and get them to buy into your system by withholding sex and being the gatekeeper of that. Um, that how precocious. <laughs> what the, the eighth grade knew that. Me knew that? Yeah, yeah I, I was really though. Um, <laughs> what you're gonna applaud me? Are you are you being sarcastic? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, man. A lot of kids don't. No, they I'm do, totally. They proud do of you. in their own way, but they might not word it exactly like I had. I think it's totally. common though for people to figure that out. Um, yeah, and th I was trying to convert everybody off of religion. I couldn't listen if somebody said the word God while they were talking about something yeah. real. I'd just tune out and be like, so oh, don't did, respect them anymore. Basically, you did. I, I think the excessive judgment is yeah. part of the traits that you don't like that were baked into the original thing. And then you over adopted that and became I, that thing in a way. Yeah. But for fighting for the other side, but I was right. as extreme and I was right. at, like, Be, if you're judgmental on either side, oh, yeah. it, it's like, you're not doing it right. I'll be honest. <laughs> she says I'm, judgmentally. Yeah, I'm still judgmental of yeah. people who are like extremely, um, devout to a religion that they were born into. It's like, wait, you didn't consider the alternative. Like, yeah. you just decided it was worth it to maintain these social connections or, or I feel pity for them sometimes of like, oh, you don't feel like you can escape that. You're gay and Mormon and you're stuck. Like, damn, that sucks. Yeah, uh, I don't want to be a stuck gay Mormon. That's for damn sure. Same. Um, I want to be none of those things. 
but particularly not stuck. Um, the other two would be fine. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck. Where was I? Um, uh, oh, now I've adjusted. I went through my God know phase where my favorite book was uh, Penn Jillette's God know, where he tries to rewrite the Ten Commandments as one atheist, ten suggestions. I love those. That was an important phase of growth for me. Um, then I discovered Alain de Botton and his idea of atheism 2.0 is one that, um, can pick and choose from the buffet of religions and say like, oh, there is some value in a calendar, in rituals, in sharing yeah. meals together, in having shared, uh, uh, values that are celebrated on holidays, having a day of asking forgiveness or repenting, um, things like that can yeah. be good for people to do together and form a community and people have an instinctive need for these things totally. and religions tap into that. And if you throw out all of those traditions and all of those valuable things about religions, because they're telling you that you're going to hell if you, unless you do it in the butt or something stupid like that, or like gay people, you know, that's one of the, loop, the, the poop opposite. Hole, loophole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Oh, right. If you're, if you're a man and a woman and you do it in the butt, you're fine. If you're a man and a man, you do it in the butt, you're going to hell. I think yeah. is the, the party line on that. Uh, <laughs> that like, if you, uh, if you reject everything about it because you reject that one thing, then you're going to miss a lot of value too. And even the idea of God, I've gotten more comfortable with people yeah. using. I don't use it that often myself, but like yeah, I've started to. I, I, can, I can understand an idea of a, a universal oneness or a purity of truth or some type of like uh, universal essence, something that unites everything. I've had moments that seem to, um, I seem to perceive that or feel like, oh, wow, I am connected there. There's a connection between all kinds of things. Yeah. And reframing God for me is not a man on a cloud who judges you, but maybe just right. like some essential property of the universe that yeah. unites all matter. Yeah. That I can I can fuck with that language yeah. now. I think where the problem comes in, I mean, in a super like, you know, overly generalized way, mm -hmm. is when we as humans try to prop ourselves up on a cloud and judge people from above. Yeah. And that to me is kind of where a lot of religions sour. Um and I think that perhaps a mistake is making our conception of God too anthropomorphized, like too much of like a human on a cloud. Yeah. Because then it makes us, it gives us that capacity to be like, we should be going around judging people. Mm -hmm. I, I think that, I think that God is based in love rather than judgment. And so I've been trying to actually notice where I'm being judgmental in all aspects of my life and, and kind of extract that including of yourself including well, especially of myself yeah. because when i'm judging someone else i'm really judging myself mm -hmm. um, that's that pointing one finger at somebody else and three are pointed back at you sure or just like one to one whatever three no i'm doing oh it. you're you're yeah. actually oh you're, i see you're literally doing that so if you make a finger expression. gun three of your fingers are facing yourself <laughs> yeah, I'm just, or, or just or for the listener yeah i'm yeah. pointing a finger at morgan right now my index finger as you would and I'm noticing that my middle ring and pinky fingers are pointed back at me. Yeah. That's like an expression. It was in Us, if you saw yeah. that movie. I like to point like finger guns up in the air, like at no one, celebratorily. And then you're pointing three at the devil. So when you point a finger at God, <laughs> you point three at the devil. That's the reason that people have said that for ages. <laughs> it's in all the core texts. It's, it's in e each of the Egyptian Quran. cartoons that yeah. <laughs> recovered. <laughs> um. Should we get this freaking show on the I road? I think we've got to, yeah. Because yeah. we have about 15 now minutes Now that we've talk, talked episode. about the most recent guy I've been texting and all religions, let's get to lightning round. Let's make it a real fast lightning yeah, round. Yeah, so it's going to be. Ready? Let's do one pew, question. Pew, 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 <laughs> yeah, literally one. 
literally one. Yeah, okay, then here we go. Fast. Here's the best one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this comes from Toss This West Coasts. Okay. My mom is reading my journal. What crazy shit can I write in it to scare and hopefully catch her? She lives with my husband and I, and I've been noticing Ooh. my journal sitting in random places I've never put it. I asked my husband, and he said he hasn't touched it. Knowing my mother and how she used to read my diaries as a kid, I started fishing around by telling her things that I'd written in my journal. Sure enough, she acted like she already knew, even though she said she didn't know. Uh, I just know it in my bones, though. That she's reading it, yeah. So, can you guys help me scare my mom so I can catch her? So, what should she write in her journal as, a, as bait? I think... Uh, or he. I have no idea what gender this person is. Yeah, but they said they have a husband, so uh, not to be... But the odds are that it's a woman. Um... <clears throat> I think throw out your journal, come in her food, and leave in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reference to an earlier episode. That's not just an out of the blue uh, comment. Um, okay, what can you write? It's both. Test. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My first thought is um, fake, yeah, suicidal ideation or something that's big that she would have to confront you or somebody else yeah. about. But I also don't think that that's necessary. We can come up with something that doesn't cause so much distress yeah. and still outs yeah. your mom is doing this. And it's fucked up that she's reading your journal. Yeah. If you, if you, Fuck that. If it's clear that it's a journal and that that's an expectation that you have in the, about that writing, um, that that's not just like a notebook lying around. But, but even still, the, even if it's a notebook even lying then, around. But, but, you know, if somebody has like their notes from class, I don't feel that bad about reading their notes from class if sure. it's open or something like that. So sure. knowing the difference is important. And if it's clearly a journal... I think that that's a commonly accepted. Maybe your mom doesn't understand that boundary, though. Mm. So it is worth explicitly stating boundaries and not assuming that after people are always on the same page. Yeah, after we prank her. Well, if they if she never knew and she would just immediately correct it, but it doesn't sound like that's the case here. Um, Fuck that. We're here to prank her. All right. This prank is the time. Prank in time. Um, okay. You could slowly and insidiously start yeah. writing things about her in the journal, just like random little the habits of hers that you don't like see if just she... to just to fuck with her just to troll her mm, okay. and then see if she starts implementing changes that's one idea yeah this is i think the the real question for advice is how do you not live with your mom right <laughs> <laughs> that seems like what, but in the meantime once again i think we can't deal with the subtext <laughs> okay we're curing a symptom or we're treating a symptom right now yeah. not curing the disease let's just yeah call that for what it is yeah um maybe her mom's older and has moved back in back yeah, in so i have maybe no it's idea time to um. <laughs> okay. Yes. Oh my God. That's the perfect prank. You start writing about how you're going to put her in a nursing home. Okay. What? I'm, I'm trying to not cause the mom unnecessary distress in what she's reading. Like, I want to fuck this mom over so hard. She's not going to hmm. know what hit her. Because my mom kind of was like read a little your, bullshitty read your about journal. Like, she. I don't know if she read, read my journal shit. specifically, but yeah, she would. She would like listen in. Yeah. I caught her one time. I was talking to one of my best friends on the phone, and. The way that my room was shaped, it kind of like went around the corner and I came back around the corner from like the furthest end and caught my mom like scurrying around the corner and mm. out of the room because she was around the corner <laughs> listening. And I was like, not fucking into that. And yeah. obviously it indicated that other trust elements had been broken prior to this. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so she was fuck her. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, like... You could write about some cosmetic thing that you don't think is true about your mom, like wishing she would pluck her eyebrows or dye her hair or something and see if she does it. Mm -hmm. Like uh, how gross you think something is that isn't really a gross thing. So she wouldn't otherwise. That would be like one way. And that would probably get under her skin or her feelings a little bit. But it's better than like making her think she's about sure. to go to a nursing home. 
Sure, sure. Yeah, like uh, complaining that she has bad breath or something and see if she starts using mints. Yeah. Okay, so so far we've only explored things related to writing in the journal about the mom. Yeah. So let's redirect to other types of things that we could write about in okay. the journal. Um, or it could even be like doodles. Super dark doodles. <laughs> I used to do <laughs> these doodles in my assignment book when I was in like high school, early high school, where I would just do... Um, these little cute animals, like a mouse or something. And then they're like, you, the angle changes and the mouse is like strangling itself with its tail. Nice. Just cute stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> do one of those. I was I, angsty. Uh, I'm sorry to uh, push past the storm, but uh, if we want a time for a main question, we've got to move on from this. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I hope you're, <laughs> you're Okay. I hope you you're able to scare your mom sufficiently with yeah. just the barely advice we were able to give you. Yes. Um, good luck. I really fully support your proposition. Is that a motorcycle? No, it's actually the end of the lightning round. All right. Good. I event. don't have a motorcycle license, <laughs> but I do have a lightning round license. Do you need to see it? Oh no, it's in my other bag. I'm so sorry. I, I thought I was bringing it. <laughs> Fine. We're off the rails. Anyway, so let's get to the main question for today. Uh, this question comes to us from Dark Talker 28 and the subject line is how to take advantage of newfound free time. Okay. The body of the question is, I quit my job and moved abroad. Mm. For the first time in my adult life, I have time on my hands. I have grad school and a girlfriend and I want to push myself this year. I want to pursue creative projects and make friends in a foreign place. I want to push myself to be creative and take advantage of feeling like I have a restart. Now I can actually hold myself accountable to things that matter to me. I can't use work as an excuse for why I'm not doing things I care about anymore. Mm. How do I lead a solo life with this newfound freedom? How do I start and what things should I look out for? I don't feel totally prepared. Cool. Thank you for asking that, Dark Talker 28. Um, it's a great question. It is. And it's something that I think you've dealt with. Definitely. Recently in your life, and I definitely have as well. And uh, this is one of those ones that I feel glad, like, like, okay, we're equipped to answer this. This isn't like, how do I deal with moving into a nursing home myself or something that neither of us <laughs> have any experience with? This is like, okay, yeah, this is uh, relevant. And so given all I'm your experience, to figure out. <laughs> what yeah. would you say? What would I say? Not just this prefacing <laughs> bullshit. Because we're pressing time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say... Uh, it sounds like in the question you have experienced the opposite of this already, of you yeah. had free time and you didn't take advantage of it that well, and now you're reflecting and you want to do better. And I think that that's great and it, you've already started. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you for asking for help. Um, two, there are certain uh, routines, books, and principles that I want to share with you that have helped me. And they may not be the same as the ones that help you, but they're at least a starting point to check out. Two books come to mind um, from a business and creative project side. I think that the classic on this is The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Um, I don't know, it was written a decade or 15 years ago or so. Uh, it is largely about reclaiming your time from work. And the first half of the book may be about quitting your job, taking one day a week where you can work remotely and then expanding that to work entirely remotely until yeah. you've saved up enough to where you can not have your job anymore. Um, but an essential piece of advice from that is 
before you make your money and um, have a self-sustaining source of income, know what you value and what you want to do with that money in that time. Because like you said, you don't have your job as an excuse anymore. Mm -hmm. So what matters to you? This is an opportunity yeah. to figure that out. If it's been lost, um, you may find that automatically, if you're like me, you uh, spend more time than you want playing video games or watching porn or just chatting with friends or something that you're like, oh, I didn't really feel that good about how I spent today when you look back on it. But in the moment, it's the easiest thing to do. So mm -hmm. I think it is useful to come up with a list of tasks, tasks that you want to complete every day. Um, I've heard the advice that it's better to write that the night before. Some people like to write it first thing in the morning. Either way, having three things that you need to do that day um, written down and then preferably checked off after is a great starting point. And not choosing too many things. Yes. Three I think is a great three number. Three really is a because great number Because other things will come up and you yep. have to do those things. And if you have a list of 10 things and you get to five uh -huh. and then you're like, fuck, I hate myself. I have failed. That's not a good mental state mm -hmm. to be in. And you achieve five things and you yes. could be celebrating that. Yeah. So that's You can always do more alert, than that's three. What I did. If you complete the first three before noon, yeah. you'll find other things that you want to do or you can, you know, be happy and take the rest of the day off. Yeah. The second book that I want to recommend is. Aubrey Marcus's Own the Day, Own Your Life. Morgan's chuckling yeah. because I bring this shit up all the time. But the philosophy of this book, I think, really does apply to what yes, you're totally. describing right now. It's that if you're reactive um, and you just continue doing things the way that you have been doing them, every moment of your life, every decision is kind of made for you and you get owned by it. Like not going mm -hmm. to sleep at a proper time means yeah. that you're groggy the next morning. And if you don't wake up right and get your body activated, you're kind of like always just reacting to the next difficult thing that you're encountering. Whereas if you get a good night's sleep and then you wake up in a way that is empowering and activating to you and you make a good decision about breakfast, if all of these are conscious choices meant to um, support you in the next thing that you want to do, then you're owning the day. The day is not owning you. So I think yeah. that that's a really valuable book for you, at least to skip around in and look at the, um, the chapters that are on topics that you struggle with the most, whether that's sleep, whether that's uh, working, whether that's exercising, free time. I do recommend making on your uh, priorities list sleep, eating, and exercise as three um, pillars that you get some of that every day. And that will support you and allow you to um, be present for whatever you decide to do with the rest of your free time. Um, that's great. And so since Rob kind of covered the specific structural stuff with some recommendations that are very, he did the masculine side, I'll <laughs> say, and I'll, I'll give you a feminine answer cool. just to kind of keep it yin yang. Um, I have, um, oh my God, so much to say. So let me take a breath and think about mm -hmm. what will be the most important things. Um, I think that two things I want to say in the wake of what Rob said is number one, yes, set up. I really fucked that up because now it sounds like that was one of the things, but <laughs> it's okay. step A of one, <laughs> Great. answer one, so clear and not confusing, very feminine. I'm really nailing this, um, is when you set out with your plan, yeah. be flexible okay. and be forgiving with yourself yeah. because I know that for myself, when I either have my to-do list from the night before or that morning start my to-do list and I'm, you know, nailing it until fucking noon. <laughs> and then at noon, everything seems to fall apart. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm just choosing arbitrarily a time. But then I devalue everything I did before noon 
as like this day was a failure because I got to noon and then I started fucking up. Yep. I got too tired to maintain the structure I had planned for myself mm-hmm. or in contrast to the first half of my day, which was super productive, the second half has felt I haven't been able to muster the energy I, to do the things I wanted to mm-hmm. do. So um, being tolerant with yourself as you're figuring out how to best approach your life under this completely new and different paradigm is so critical because I have spent so much time of my newfound free time that I'm supposed to spend enjoying myself and being fulfilled, being angry at myself, worrying that I'm not doing it right and just spinning my wheels and feeling shitty about myself. Um, I relate to all of that. Yeah. So I think having a plan that is as clear, measurable, defined and specific as you can get is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. You should definitely start there. But then the addendum to that is sort of allow yourself to be flexible within that. Allow yourself to make mistakes and to realize that you are recalibrating to a completely different lifestyle. Yes. And you're going to go through some trial and error as you try to optimize these different things. Um, and you're also going to evolve. So in a month, what's optimal for you now may need to be adjusted. Mm-hmm. Um, so flexibility and forgiveness um, and and a willingness to continue to learn as you yes. go about it is really, really critical. But it sounds like you have a great priority list already, like yeah. friends, creative projects, um, and maybe um, your girlfriend in grad school. Those are other great pillars mm-hmm. that you can now know, okay, you know, I want to take care of my physical health and I want to invest my time and energy in those things. What do I do with the rest of my time? Choosing a specific skill to learn, choosing a book to read, things that are more specific, concrete buckets. Mm-hmm. Creating a balance was the other point I wanted to add to what Rob had said. It, um, and that can go, that can mean two different things. It can be a balance between different types of activities that you yes. do. Um, that can be kind of monitored over the course of one day, over the course of a week. Like let's say you spend one week and you really invest in your girlfriend. The next week Mm -hmm. you might really want to put your time and energy in a different bucket. Um, But also balancing types of activities and types of rewards that you get from those activities because some things will be much more nebulous. Like spending time with your girlfriend is going to give you lovey feelings and just – warmth and emotional kind of validation and that's softer and more ambiguous but you also want to mix that with read a book check that's off my list i learned a concrete thing i completed something yes um i'm i'm remembering what you said about the lovely feelings of spending time with your uh, girlfriend Mm -hmm. i don't know dark talker's specific relationship in that situation but i'll speak for myself that Often when I've found freedom from uh, not having a job or not being a part of a school institution, and you are a part of a school, but um, having more freedom, mm-hmm. I would automatically fill that time with my partner. Mm. Um, that became like mm-hmm. a very easy thing that, oh, well, this is make someone, making someone else happy and me uh, happy, so I'm just going to do that automatically. And it became a way of avoiding picking values and yeah. deciding what was important to me and saying like, Actually, I've scheduled this time that I could be hanging out with you to do something alone because I'm yes. more effective at doing that. Um, 
So be wary of that and other traps of convenience and immediate gratification if you are trying to do things that take sustained effort and that require some building. Creative projects are like Mm -hmm. that. I think it can be easy to romanticize like, oh, I'm going to write a great novel in a flash of inspiration staying up all night for three days straight and or whatever it is. (laughs) Maybe someone's pulled that off at some point, but it has not uh, been my experience that I'm successful in that way. A much more sustainable and I think uh, effective means of learning is to spend 20 minutes every morning and 20 minutes every night on the same task for a month. And then I have something that I'm much more proud of than something that I tried to cram into a weekend and I'm making all kinds of concessions yeah. on. It's yeah. like, And also, if you're doing that where you spread out a creative project to be every morning, you will find that the problems and the difficult puzzles that you can't figure out in that 20-minute session, the answers come to you in your daily life because you're thinking about those things, because you have that rattling around in your head. Whether it's, say, you're writing a poem or something, you can't figure out the right rhyme. At some point during the day, you will encounter a word where you're like, oh, I can change the line before. This is actually the new direction. Like your life will send, will give you the answers to the creative problems that you are encountering if you spread the work out to have life in between the moments yes. of creativity. Yes. So I do I recommend that. that type of scheduling rather than saying like, I'm going on a three-day retreat where I write my album and that's where it's going to be done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe that works for Bon Iver or whoever, but like, <laughs> I'm not him. I'm not, yeah. and, and he probably did this first. So I do recommend that yeah. from a scheduling perspective. And it's important to schedule, to figure out what you value. So be as specific as possible about what it is that you want to make. And if you don't know what that is, look at the people that you respect and admire their work. Look at the work that you most value, the things that you've reread or the things that you've re-listened to over and over again that you emotionally connect with and see, all right, what would I want to make and in what way would it mm-hmm. be like that? And use that just as a starting point. It doesn't have to end up like that, but it's good to have a specific goal in mind at the beginning and then go down the path and abandon that goal as soon as it's no longer serving you, as soon as it feels limiting yeah. and change it, alter it or edit it. Um, but having that is really important and scheduling those times that you're going to be creative and treating them as if they're an obligation to somebody else and as important as an obligation mm-hmm. to somebody else. Cause they are, they're an obligation to the version of yourself that you want to be. Um, and to the people that will eventually enjoy that. Creative yes. Your, person, your future like fans product. and the people who already know you, who will love seeing you thriving because you're contributing something and you're discovering something about yourself yeah. and you're growing that that's exciting to be around a person who's doing that. Yeah. Um, so schedule those times to be creative and uh, respect that time. And then, like Morgan said, as soon as the schedule becomes an imposition and something that's just making you feel guilt and uh, ruining your ability to practice what you're trying to do, like as soon as it's no longer serving you, abandon the schedule too. Abandon all the rules that you made. Those are just there to be tools to help you. And as mm-hmm. soon as you realize that they're not helping you, they're making you down on yourself. rewrite them or change them. Yeah. So, because I think the baseline principle that that speaks to is evolution. Mm -hmm. You're going to evolve. Your needs are going to evolve. And it's it's better if you have that expectation at the outset. Um, And sort of speaking to that and possibly wrapping it up, the last thing that you said is, I don't feel totally prepared. And I Mm. love that because it's almost this, like, I mean, I understand what you mean, of course, like you want to feel totally prepared. However, (laughs) it's also an invitation for me to say you will never feel totally prepared. Yeah, that's how you get prepared. Yeah, is you try, you collect advice like you're doing so that you can go into this experience with some 
more realistic expectations, mm-hmm. some groundwork, um, some starting points, and then hit the ground running and learn on your way um, and learn what works for you. And, you know, acknowledge that it's uncomfortable to be in this new place with uncertainty about what your life is going to look like for the next year. But that's the whole point of doing it, to be in that excitement and uncertainty and find a way to thrive. Yeah. Um, And I think the other element that I want to tack on is I I don't know if you said that there was an end time to this period. Uh, You said, I want to push myself this year. And so I don't know. It sounds like a year. Okay. So if it is a finite amount of time, that's great. Because then you can think about like, what's realistic to achieve in this time frame? And where are my points of reevaluation? Am I evaluating my goals once a day? Am I evaluating my goals once a week, once a month, every six months, whatever? And build those in as touch points for... um, Am I, am I going about this the way that I want to? Yeah. And you have those points built in, so you're not, you don't have to worry every minute of every day. Am I doing enough? Am I doing enough? Am I doing enough? This yes. is advice I'm giving myself as I speak it because I need to do this more. Yeah, same. We can off. We often have like, you know, a <laughs> vacation that's like four days, right? And it's easy within that finite amount of time to go. I'm really going to maximize my time, and you are kind of in that mode of every day you're exploring and doing new things and you're making the most out of each day. And then the next day you're like, well, what do I want to do this day? Yeah. And we sometimes forget to approach our life, our lives this way where mm-hmm. we're always doing that kind of recalibration. I mean, not constantly cause that's exhausting, sure. but having a built in time where you can relax into it and go, you know what? Like I'm noticing that when I check in with myself, this is um, what I want to implement for the next period of finite yeah. time. And the two things that I think can help you do that consistently are a routine from meditating and journaling. Meditating, just noticing what's happening in your mind without having to do anything about it or judge it. And journaling of writing down, how did you feel that day? What did you do? What did you mean to do and not do? What did you do instead? When you fall short of your goals or some intention that you've set, try to ask yourself, what did I make more important? That's an empowering way of seeing it. Mm. You choosing something that was Mm -hmm. more important and then being like, oh, okay, well, my girlfriend had an emergency and I decided that was important. Write that mm-hmm. down. If you notice that that has happened, I, I'm not speaking specifically to your relationship, but if you notice that that has happened uh, two weeks in a row every day, then mm-hmm. realize that it, it may be that you're choosing a relationship over the goals that you are uh, creating for yourself and just make yeah. that a conscious choice and decide whether that's something you want to do or not. Yeah. Um, I love how proactive you're being about wanting to make the most out of this time and recognizing that it's special. It's an opportunity to restart, like you said. Um, And I really wish you all of the joy and Mm. luck and inspiration and fun and challenge and creativity and hardship that is going to (laughs) be built into this experience. And I, yeah, I hope that we get to hear about it. Yeah, it'd be great for you to write us back if you ever use any of these things or if you find that some are working or not working for you. Mm -hmm. Love to hear that and maybe read it on the podcast if you want to. Thank you so much for your question, Dark Talker 28. All right. We got to wrap things up. Really powered through that. We did. I was talking fast. I hope that you go back and hit that (laughs) rewind button and turn it down slow speed. Yeah, maybe you can listen to it on the slow. Yeah, give Um, me that deep voice effect. (laughs) Sounds good. Oh, like that. Feeling in my masculine. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Write us at freeadvicepodcast at gmail.com if you have anything that you want us to address on the podcast. Yeah. 
Um, we love you. We look forward to hearing from you. And we can't wait to give you more free advice. Bye.